What is a monetized mindset? How does it impact your financial security? How does that help you deal with what happens when what happens happens? Welcome your host, Bart Merrill. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Monetize Your Mindset podcast. This is where we create financial security by, by monetizing what we already know. We ask the questions, what do you like to do? What do you need to do? What are you already doing? Can you monetize it? Or better yet, let's monetize it. I'm excited about today's podcast. We'll be discussing something that I think is ex- that is essential for a monetized mindset. It's something that you need in order to monetize your mindset. Today's podcast is entitled The Caveman Theory for Motivation. Let your fears push you until your dreams can pull you. So we're talking about what is stopping you. What is stopping you from getting the things done that you need to do to be successful in whatever part of life you're working on? What does it take to get motivated to do the things that you you may not want to do? To do a side hustle, to do what we're talking about here at Monetize Your Mindset, you need to be motivated. You need to get motivated. You need to get up and do the things that you need to do. Now, this whole podcast was brought on by listening to a Hal Elrod podcast that was entitled Human Nature. It really got me thinking about this topic, and, and I could really relate to it. He suggested that for thousands of years, that it was human nature to not be motivated. We didn't get motivated until our backs were against the wall. The caveman, back in caveman days, didn't have a corporate ladder to climb, he said. He suggested that the caveman didn't go out and kill two mastodons just to one-up Joe over there who killed one. We didn't go out and kill more mastodons than your neighbor to to try and one-up the Joneses. Their primary goal was to eat and rest. They would hunt when they were hungry and motivated to, to just survive. That's what they were motivated by. Then they would rest again once they, once they killed that mastodon. They would eat and rest. Then finally the cave, the cave woman would kick them out the door and said, Hey, babe, we're getting low on food. You need to go. And they would go hunt and bring home the bacon. Now, obviously, it wasn't pig bacon. It was mastodon bacon back in those times. And they would sit back and enjoy life and rest. Until once again, the cave woman would kick him out the door and say, it's time to time to go get this done. They did what it took to survive. That's what they were motivated by. They weren't motivated to go out and one-up the Joneses by bagging more game than they could eat. And this was probably out of necessity because the meat would spoil. But regardless of the reasoning behind it, this imprint is stamped on our being. It's part of our human nature. And sometimes we might think of ourselves as lazy when really, more than likely, it might just be human nature. This is the caveman theory for motivation. At least that's what I call it. And this, this really resonated me when Hal Elrod was talking about this. Because of a weight loss program that I did a few years ago, it was a series of 10-day cleanses that I did. And during the 10-day cleanse, you were encouraged not to exercise. What? Don't exercise and lose weight? Count me in. (laughs) But the theory behind it was that your body was being stressed enough from the cleanse 
the lack of calories, that if you stressed it more with at, by adding exercise to it, the body would want to hold on to those calories and not release them, making it harder to lose weight. Your body has this blueprint that it's formed in it from many, many years ago, starting back in the caveman days once again. So like, like the, the motivation theory that I have, so is the, the theory here from the weight loss program that I did. Whenever there was a food shortage and people were out looking for food, working harder and eating less because there wasn't food to eat, the body would hold on to the calories as a, as a protective measure. And this theory worked. It was true. It was real. I lost 48 pounds in two months and five days without having to get my butt to the gym. So when I heard Hal Elrod explain this human nature theory, my ears perked up. You know, sometimes it's hard to get motivated until your back is against the wall, until you're up against that deadline or like the caveman. Like when the caveman had food, he was comfortable enjoying life, sitting there resting. He wasn't motivated to go hunt. Food runs low. And he gets motivated. Or maybe Miss Cave then gets him motivated, kicks him out the door. So with this whole process of, of getting motivated, I guess first we need to figure out what, what it is that we want. What is it that we want or we need to do? Are we trying to improve our financial situation, trying to lose weight? Or are we just trying to get better every day? Get your butt out of bed on time and get things going. You know, they say that the enemy to great is good. I'm good enough or it is good enough. You know, but there is something to be said for being satisfied or content. So how does one balance the need to be motivated, to be driven, and the need to be satisfied and content? How good is good enough? Do you want to be motivated? Maybe you don't want to be motivated and that's okay. I think Gary Vaynerchuk said it best. He said, life is life balance is a myth. Life is really swinging from one extreme to the other and then just dealing with it. One moment your life is going to have too much business. You're going to be motivated and driven, ignoring wife and family and other things that might be out there. Fun. And then the next moment you're going to have, be having too much fun, be satisfied and content and maybe not being focused and driven. And I don't want to get sidetracked with this too much, but we need to learn to be happy with what we have while we we strive to get better and better. I mean, that's kind of the balance. You've got to be happy, but still strive to to get better, to do more. And this can be hard in this world of, of social media and comparitis. It's important to learn not to compare yourself to others, especially to those who are further along, further down that path of whatever it is you're trying to do. For example, this is my fifth podcast. When I listen to Hal Elrod's 285th podcast, it's easy for me to say, wow, my podcast kind of sucks. But we, we can't do that. We got to learn to not do that. And we need to stop it. Stop it and, and just be happy with where we are. But then, like I said, continue to strive to get better. Okay, let's get back on track here and talk about the caveman theory and, and motivation. And for the record, if you're content and you, you don't have a desire to be motivated or, or do something, that's great. Some of those who are driven and, and motivated to the other extreme, they need to take a lesson from you and, and be more content and enjoy life. If things change later on and you decide that you need to be motivated, this, this caveman theory that I put together is, is going to help you. And 
And whatever it is you're you're trying to do, you know, whether it's weight loss, more money, to do a podcast, or to just get out of bed, the caveman theory might help. Quick example of being content. I love Japanese curry. If you haven't had Japanese curry, you need to try some because it is it is yummy. It's different than Indian curry and Thai curry. Now, I'm not saying that Indian curry and Thai curry aren't good. I do love Thai curry. I'm not a huge fan of Indian curry, but I like curry. But Japanese curry is my favorite. Because of my love for Japanese curry, I kind of had this hankering one time to, to start a Japanese curry restaurant here in Utah. I was so far down the line that I had money. I had the financing already lined up. I was ready to pull the trigger. And then I had that thought that, you know, I love to eat curry. I don't know if I love to make curry for everybody else. And I don't know that I'm willing to work that hard to do it because restaurants are hard work and it takes a lot of time and commitment. Now, I believe that that restaurant would have been a good money maker for me or I wouldn't have done it, but it would have taken me away from some of the things that I enjoy in life. And and I guess I was in, I was content at that time and my back wasn't up against the wall and that was perfectly okay to to not do that. Now, here on the Monetize Your Mindset podcast, we focus on making more money. Why? One of, the, one of the quotes that I have is, money isn't everything unless you don't have any or you don't have enough. Then it could be the difference between life and death. Sounds pretty dramatic, right? But it's true. Mon- money is power. It's the power to control your life. It gives you options. You know, it's also been said that money can't buy you happiness. Well, that's true, but it may be able to buy you options. In many instances, it may not save your life. I mean, look at Steve Jobs, one of the richest men in the world. Money couldn't save him from cancer. But what did money do for him? It gave him options, options of different comfort until he did finally pass away. If you listen to my first episode of this podcast, where I told the story of when my wife called me from Japan, you know, she told me that the initial indication, the initial test indicated cancer. I felt like someone just threw me up against the wall like the caveman run that had already run out of food. My first thought was, I could lose my wife. Now, my second thought was, what? We can't afford this. I felt helpless and, and inadequate. You know, we were lucky because the tumor was just precancerous. That When all the tests came back in, after many sleepless nights, eight to be exact, the tests came back and we were it was precancerous and we got a wake-up call. It motivated me to do more because the tumor was just precancerous. I got to have the feeling of my back up against that wall, but I didn't have to go through the full... The full-on pain, it was only had to be a, it only had to be for a few days, and I didn't have to go through all the pain of having that back against the wall. It was a blessing. If you haven't listened to that episode, you might want to go back and hear the whole story and see you'll see the, the full thing of the full meaning of where I'm coming from. Now in Hal Elrod's podcast, he solved the caveman motivation issue by creating a philosophy: Do what is right, not what is easy. And then he proceeded to put in some timers in his phone with his own voice saying, 
hey, Hal, get up and do X, Y, Z without thinking about it. Like, Hal, get up and go for a walk without thinking about it. Just go for a walk. Or Hal, get up and make your sales calls without thinking about it. That was his solution. And however, I do agree with, with that solution and I, and the philosophy especially, we we don't need to not do hard things just because they're hard. We need to do the right thing even if it is hard. However, for me, I needed something more. And if you think like me or you resonate with this, you may need something more as well. The cancer wake-up call to throw your back against the wall without actually having to go through it. Let your fears push you until your dreams pull you. I love that quote. I, I don't even remember where it's from. I wish I could take credit for it, but it is not my quote. I, I don't remember where it came from. It's a great philosophy. So even the caveman got motivated when he started to run out of food. That His back was being pushed up against the wall and he got motivated. With the caveman theory of motivation that I'm going to share with you here on this podcast, I guess I'm going to have to say that it's it's so easy that even a caveman can do it. So how do we make this work for you without you having to go through the cancer scare or run out of food? How are we going to facilitate the the feeling of having your back put up against the wall? So first, let's take a look at whatever it is you should be doing, whether it's get out of bed, get going, do meditation, get on the exercise bike, go for a walk. Make your sales calls. Do a podcast. I mean, having to get motivated to, to do my podcast every week is is something that has to be done. So what is it that you want to do? Now, I want you to take a look at what the negative results would be if you didn't do it. You got that? Make a list and and drill down deep into those to those negative feelings that are going to happen if you don't do whatever it is that you're supposed to do. Actually feel that feeling of of whatever it is that feel the fear of whatever it might be that'll happen. Let that fear push you. Push you out of bed, push you to that exercise bike, push you to recording your podcast. It took me a long time to commit to a podcast. I had to push myself to it. Push yourself to whatever it is you need to be doing. So let's go back to that weight loss program that I did. I did four 10-day cleanses in two months and five days. It took some fear to push me to do that first cleanse. I made a list. What would happen if I didn't lose weight and get healthier? Well, of course, I wouldn't get my sexy figure back. But more than that, my health was in danger. I had high cholesterol, high blood sugar. I could have a heart attack because of the cholesterol. I could go blind because of the blood sugar. There's so many things that could happen. I have, I, I have sleep issues when I'm heavier than when I'm not that could also cause problems. Just a list that would push me into doing that first day cleanse. Then I did that first day cleanse and it was, it was a success. I lost 18 and a half pounds in 10 days without having to get my butt to the gym. 18 and a half pounds gets anybody excited if they did that in 10 days. And it got me excited. It motivated me to do another cleanse. I took a break for a week or 10 days, and then I did another 10-day cleanse. I lost another 11 pounds, or right up close to 11 pounds. I think it was actually 10.7 to be exact. 
I had lost almost 30 pounds in a month. So now I'm motivated to do more. I did another two cleanses. And like I said, four cleanses, two months and five days, 48 pounds demolished. So the fear in the beginning pushed me to do the first cleanse. Then that early success of the first cleanse, the dream of getting back to my wedding weight, which was my goal, seeing that it could actually happen. So that dream pulled me to continue and to actually reach my goal. Now, I want to I wanna put a word of caution here right now at this point. You don't want to go throughout your life by pushing fear and having the fear push you because that's that's not a happy life. But sometimes that has to be the starting point. So let's take a look at the example of the carrot and the stick. I, I, I hesitate to even use this example because I don't think, I don't want you to think I'm out there beating donkeys with a stick. I don't even have a donkey. I have dogs. I, and my dogs would be considered on the spoiled side. Let's just take this, the carrot and the stick. When you have a stubborn donkey, hitting the donkey with a stick to get him going might motivate him to move for a little bit. But after a bit, that stick just gets annoying to him. He gets mad. He sits down and the stick doesn't work anymore. But then you attach carrots to the extent, to the end of the stick, stick it in front of him, in front of him. Now the donkey is motivated by the dream of eating the carrot. And if you let him have a bite once in a while, then you're going to keep that donkey motivated. You have a motivated donkey. Does this make sense? I mean, it does for me. And if you if your brain works like mine, I'm sure it does for you. Let your fears push you until your dreams pull you. The caveman theory of motivation. That's how I simulate putting my back against the wall and push me into action without actually having to have my back against the wall. Because dreams, goals, progress, they don't happen without action. And nobody wants to actually have their back against the wall. I hope this helped. And I hope that if you feel stuck, those who feel stuck and and need to get unstuck, that this comes as a good way to get you motivated and get you unstuck. That concludes today's Monetize Your Mindset podcast. And I hope it was worth the time that you spent to watch it. I I know I was really excited about putting this podcast together. And I really enjoyed doing the research and making it happen. So until next time, guys, go out there and monetize your mindset. Thanks for listening. Remember, monetize your mindset. Build financial security by monetizing what you already know so that you will always have the resources to deal with whatever happens when what happens, happens. Follow us on Facebook and at BartMerrill.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review.